Howdy, Warzone listeners. My name is Mike Casper, and I wanted to share why I've been a Warzone Patreon going on two years. I've been a member of quite a few other fantasy football Patreons and never had a one-on-one connection like I do with the Warzone host. Memphis has called me to discuss team-specific and rookie draft strategies multiple times, and that's something I've just never experienced anywhere else. Uh, Memphis has also given podcasting advice on a regular basis and supports the individual Patreons in sharing their talents with the group. The group chat is always active. There's no group think there. People are honest and willing to share their opinions. And last, the Patreon leagues are fun and always active in trading. I know one league had over 20 trades in a 24-hour time period. So if that's something you're interested in, sign up for the Patreon. The price stays the same, but the perks of being a Patreon keep rising. I'll see you there and look forward to welcoming you to the family. Are you looking for a reminder of your fantasy football greatness? Are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime a dozen jabroni leagues out there? Then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today. And not only will you get the best trophies in the game today, you can get a free championship ring up to a $59.99 value by entering in the promo code DWZRING. You pick out your trophy, which one do you like? You put it in the cart, you add the ring to the cart, you add the promo code DWZRING, makes the ring free, and your league is now a step above the league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you want to be the best in the game, you want to have the best league in town, go over to trophysmack.com, get that trophy, get that ring, use that code DWZRING, and let's have a big season. What's happening, guys? Happy Friday, and welcome to the Fantasy Fixer Upper, a Dynasty Warzone podcast. On tonight's show, I'm going to be talking to my guy, my guy Ravi down in Florida. He is going to be sharing what is a very good, but somewhat thin, Dynasty team. It's a super flex, it's 12 GMs, it's not tight end premium, but it's a really good league, and he's a really good dude, and I'm really looking forward to going over his roster with him. And hopefully it helps you with your roster. Uh, Going to jump into just a couple of things real, real quick. First of all, big thank you. Thank you very, very, very much on behalf of me, Jerry, and the entire DWZ crew. Uh, the 200 plus reviews on Apple has made a huge difference. I don't know if it's new people downloading the show. I don't know if it's because of we're over 200 reviews. But you guys kick ass and thank you so much. But... The ask goes on. Can we get to 300? How soon can we get to 300? But all you got to do is pause the podcast and go leave a review. That along with subscribing everywhere, sharing. Actually now on iTunes, I heard that you follow. You, You subscribe on YouTube, but you follow now on iTunes. Whatever it is, hit the plus button. Hang out with us. I do want to read two. I did read two the other day. This is, uh, we've had a lot of them come in, and again, super rad. Uh, Let's read two, real quick. If you like fantasy football and dislike black olives, you're in the right place. Memphis and friends will keep you informed. And that comes from Dinosaur Pete via Apple Podcasts. Uh, That is hilarious, as Jerry is the one who hates black olives. I actually like black olives on pizza and on my Mexican food. And the second one is... I really enjoy listening to Memphis and Jerry. They give a lot of actionable advice that has helped me become a much better dynasty manager. 
And it is hands down one of the best groups I have been part of. And that was from Thang, T-H-A-A, Thayag, T-H-A-A-G-11, via Apple Podcast. Again, it means so much. Uh, we had a gentleman named Andrew the other day who said, you know, 10, 10 seconds to give back to the show is uh, an, an easy way to say thanks, and we would appreciate it. No matter where you listen, subscribe, give us a thumbs up, give us a like, give us a review. Helps us grow, helps us get better. YouTube content, we will continue to put all of the podcasts up on YouTube. Now, I didn't put this particular one up on YouTube because I had to record it on Thursday as opposed to my normal Wednesday. But we'll have all the pods on there. We've got the FF Smackdown. We've got the Rundown. We've got the War Zone. And on this coming Sunday, in time for you to listen at the lake, listen at the beach, in the car, coming home, on Monday, there will still be a podcast. Now, Dallas is going out celebrating his recent graduation from college, and he's going to go be partying like a carny out on the lake somewhere in the great state of Missouri. But I'm going to be here. I am going to give you a bonus, my biggest ranking risers and fallers. So now that the rookie draft's over, we know where everybody's working, um, who's stock up, who's stock down. I'm going to go through all the positions, and we'll dig into that on Monday. So make sure you subscribe or tune back in on Monday to listen while you're uh, you're chilling on the Memorial Day if you're here in the States. And if you're one of our international friends, like in Australia or Iceland or Great Britain or anywhere around the world, you can listen on Monday too. We'll be talking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. Why wouldn't you want to be here? So make sure you subscribe everywhere and... If you want to be on this show, man, you got to be a patron. Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. This is one of the ways that I give back to our patrons. Now, I'll do this roster construction helping stuff with any of our patrons. But the ones that want to come on the show, want to share their teams with you, they did it because they remember over at Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. And we talk about football nonstop, 24-7. DeAndre Swift news, Julio Jones news, Aaron Aaron Rodgers news, you name it. We're talking about it every single day. We're in the middle of our 11th, our 11th patron league. It is the auction on Sleeper. It is literally the most fun I've had doing a startup this offseason. Part of it is because it's an auction and it's on Sleeper and it's really cool, but mostly because the people I'm in the league with are also exceptionally cool and there's room in our group for you. Head over to patreon.com forward slash dynasty war zone and for five bucks five doll hairs barely a gallon of gas in california or new york you can be a patron for a full month at the dynasty war zone uh, one last thing before i go get my man ravi uh hate brand goods on thursday the day i'm recording this show they released their brand new premium joggers now if you're looking for a summer jogger this is the stuff, man. Lightweight cotton material. Uh, they don't get all stretched out and wobbly and weird. Uh, they're great for training, great for just cruising around. Again, if you're just kind of hanging out this summer, uh, you could use a good pair of joggers. And go over to Hate Brand Goods, check them out. And if you decide to pick something up, whether it's a kick today in the junk coffee mug or a pair of joggers or a t-shirt, It'd go a long way toward helping me and the podcast if you plugged in promo code MEMPHIS. That's M-E-M-P-H-I-S, 
Memphis at checkout. And make sure to check out the Hate Brand Goods on Instagram as well. You'll learn a lot more about the brand and its founder, Matt Vincent. So, without any further ado, we're going to hear the Hate Brand commercial. And then, we're going to get my man Ravi all the way down from the Florida area. Guys, thanks for tuning in. Come back on Monday to talk some rankings and impact of the offseason. Thanks, guys. It's Hate Brand Goods. That's uh, my company. That is what we've started. I hope you guys have checked it out. If you want to go over to the hate.com, hate for me means it's about self-improvement. It's this self-motivation through self-loathing, this, this bit of loathing of not tolerating your own bullshit, that little voice that says today's good enough or what we did's fine or no one's going to know that I'm taking today off. Like, fuck all that, man. I know. Like, I hold that standard. I'm accountable to me. And that's it. That's why I chase goals. I do it because of me. I don't do it because of what someone else is going to think of it or what someone else's approval is. And it's about holding yourself to that. The rest of that motivation can fade, but as long as you're in control of being able to make you do the shit you want to do, you're golden, man. So head over to the hate.com, use code and save yourself some cash. You- all right. And here he is, as promised, he is all the way from sunny Florida. But you can't see the video because I didn't turn it on this week. He is wearing a Kansas City Chiefs hat. His name is Robbie, and he is my guest tonight on the Fantasy Fixer Upper. Hey, man, what's going on? Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much for having me on board. No, man, thank you for uh, for being a, a member of the Patreon, and, and thank you for being willing. Um, so last week we had Daniel all lined up, and uh, due to my schedule, I, I couldn't get the Wednesday-Thursday thing to line up. I thought I was going to be in the same boat this week, and dude, you swooped in like a like a savior. You you got this podcast going, and that's why I love doing this. This allows us to interact and work on you know some dynasty fantasy football. That's what we all love. Absolutely. So, but before we get into the body of the show and start talking about your roster in particular, um, tell us a little bit about you. When did you start playing fantasy? When did you transition to dynasty? Uh, just some couple of quick details there about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm uh, born and raised in Orlando, Florida, and I currently live in Vero Beach, Florida, where I work as a critical care pharmacist. So I uh, like to live life in the fast lane, and I got to see a lot of heavy stuff, especially during this past year um, in the midst of the COVID pandemic. And I find that fantasy football has been a blessing in more ways than I could have imagined, because as you can imagine, COVID has been very stressful and, and working on the front lines, especially taking care of these very sick patients on a daily basis has been very heavy and it does weigh heavily on me. But one of my biggest escapes and an escape that I've had since I was a child has actually been fantasy football. I have been doing this for, I would say, 16 years and redraft, but I am relatively new to the dynasty waters. This would be my approximate third year and I have been hooked. My home league for redraft purposes folded a couple of years ago, and I was looking for a new challenge. And, you know, stumbling upon the Reddit fantasy football, I was able to dig into Dynasty and did some research, did my first startup and certainly made some big mistakes in that. But you live and you learn. And that has kind of brought me to where I am today. So I recently did my fifth startup a couple of weeks ago, and I'd like to say that the Dynasty Warzone has really helped me take my game to the next level. Oh, I appreciate that kindness at the end. Oh, man, I, I love it. So, again, I wish I'd had time. Again, schedule and uh, real world can, can get in the way of the, uh, the, the, the side hustle that is the podcasting business. 
But I wish you could see the video. I wish you could see the excitement in which his face lights up when he talks about the game of fantasy football and dynasty. And I wish you could see the smile on my face. That's why I do this. That's why I talk about football all the time. It's about making connections, talking to people over the common bond of fantasy football, dynasty fantasy football, or whatever it is. So this this team that we're going to talk about tonight, is this with work friends? Is this with, uh, as my wife calls them, internet friends? Um, wh- where did you uh, meet this group of, uh, of gamers? Yeah, so this was um, another one of the leagues that I joined that spawned from fantasy football Reddit, or dynasty Reddit, I should say. I was looking for some startups, and this one happened to be rather interesting, caught my eye. So I don't actually know any of the folks in here, but we have developed a bit of a e-camaraderie, you could say, over time. And it's a, it's a pretty good group of guys. And this is a Empire League. So the first team to score 50 Empire points takes it all. And I am currently fourth place in the standings. So this year, I'm definitely looking to make a push up the ladder. Now, uh, for those that don't know, that are a little bit newer. An Empire League, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, if your league mm-hmm. has any subtleties that are different. Is that, now I've, I've been in leagues where the first person to win back-to-back championships. Um, in this case, it sounds like you have a scoring system that once you achieve 50 points, mm-hmm. that the league basically collapses and you start over with a fresh new startup. Uh, is that correct with the way things are working in this league? Yes, that is, that is correct. Yeah, it's uh, it's a little bit of a long-standing league. I think it's going to be we're going to be in it for the long run. And you know, the top team has actually about twenty-four and a half empire points, or about fifty percent of the way to achieving the goal. Now, would a back-to-back championship uh, get that GM over the hump for a, a fifty-point win? Uh, no, it, it may take actually a couple of years because basically one. Empire point is awarded for each win. So as you can see, it's going to be a little bit of a process for them to get to that point. I, 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 I like this. What I may do, um, because we don't have a whole lot of time to, to get into the nuts and bolts of this, I would love to have you come back on um, to maybe go through some of the nuts and bolts of this league. This is very interesting. Mm-hmm. I like what you guys have going on. And everybody loves unique formats. I, I mean, I do love my basic at this point, it's, it, 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 sh- it feels basic. It's really not. The, the majority of Dynasty and Fantasy gamers are still 1QB. My personal favorite format is 12 GMs, Superflex, Tight End Premium, uh, Start 10. I'm, I'm in one that we just drafted that we start 12. It gets a little deep for my, uh, for, for my blood, but uh, it's a lot of fun. But th- this is a very fascinating scoring format. So I'd love to have you back on just to get into the nuts and bolts of it as maybe a bonus podcast as we get into the uh, the dog days of summer. And Absolutely. maybe we'll even have you bring on one of your, uh, your your co-GMs or GM from this league, and we can talk about the nuts and bolts of it. That's certainly fascinating. But for those that are listening, uh, that this listened to Wednesday night show with Ryan McDowell, uh, you know, Ryan, we're talking about the state of dynasty and I can tell by downloads and unique downloads from, from new people that there are a lot of new dynasty gamers listening to the war zone. And thank you for doing so. But, uh, if you're looking for new stuff, uh, this empire league that, that, uh, Ravi and his group have going on certainly sounds inter- interesting. Now, how, how many GMs are in this league? It's 12 team. And it is super flex because uh, you have mm-hmm. two good quarterbacks. We're going to talk about those gents here in just a second. Now, is it tight end premium? It is not, and that's actually one of the pushes I've been trying to make. But the 
GM or the, uh, you know, the owner of the league is, and the small council who are overseeing the league have taken a hard stance that we're not going to be making any major scoring settings for the entirety of this league. And had I known that in hindsight, how beneficial tight end premium was, I may not have done a league such as this, but it has been a very unique opportunity for me. Yeah, let's make it a tight end premium, says the guy who, spoiler alert, owns uh, <laughs> Kelsey, owns Travis yeah. Kelsey. Yeah, let, let's make that a tight end premium. Uh, we'll, we'll get into your roster in just a second. So uh, g- good group of guys. Uh, I'm assuming it's all guys. I'm in some leagues with some ladies, so I like to I like to make sure, A, that women know they're always welcome in Dynasty, especially if you're here in the Dynasty War Zone. But all guys? I, I believe so, yes. Okay, cool. And so there's 12 of you. And how's the group chat in this particular league? Is it? I would assume with them being redditors, I think that's the correct term, redditors, mm-hmm. that they're, they're a fairly active group and you all have a pretty active group chat. It, it, it's very sporadic. And actually, the bulk of the league does know each other, I believe, in the real world. I'm one of the outsiders who kind of happen to join in on this. So I think some of them are more active within their own social circles, but the group chat has been a little bit sparse but these are the doggy days of summer and business will certainly pick up i like that business is about to pick up yeah i've found and for those that didn't listen to the original incarnation of the show the dynasty happy hour contractor the the biggest time for action in your leagues is right around the rookie draft and i mean by that i mean not only the NFL draft, you'll get, you'll get some people uh, fired up during the draft because you start learning landing spots. But in your actual league's rookie draft, then it will chill. It'll chill out pretty bad in June because there's not a lot going on with the NFL. Uh, please trade Julio Jones and Aaron Rodgers next week. Content creators, we need that. And uh, it, it, then you get into July, you start going into training camp. And then as the season gets ready to kick off, leagues will get active and then around your trade deadline. But it's good, good, good to know that, that you've got an active league because part of making moves on a roster is really dependent upon how active the league is. And one thing, no, I don't believe in playing redraft with a, with, with a rookie draft. And by that, I mean, it does, a dynasty league shouldn't last a year or two unless it's designed to. Mm-hmm. Like this particular league that you guys are playing, the goal is for some some year for this league to collapse into the sun, and you guys will redraft and start all over from scratch. That's the point of this league. Mm-hmm. But if you're in a, in a dynasty league, it, it should be for the long haul. Um, do want to jump into your roster a little bit? Now it is super flex. Mm-hmm. Uh, n- now you your quarterbacks, but but I'll tell you what, I'm gonna back it up just a little bit. I have got a. Uh, a propensity for burying the lead as a host. Now, as we call this the fantasy fixer-upper, it's a nice play on words. You might have heard of another show called The Fixer-Upper. I, I think I look a little bit more like Joanne than Chip, but I'm, I'm doing my level best. <laughs> but 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 here on, on The Fixer-Upper, you know, we're, we're trying to model this after a home improvement show, except it's mm-hmm. going to be a roster imp- improvement show. And I look at your roster, man, and, and it's it's got a lot of curb appeal. It's a hot market, a lot of hot names on this roster, but I, I, it looks great from the outside. But it's one of those rosters that if, if you were to just give me this roster because you are no longer playing, mm-hmm. it looks great. But the longer you live in the house, you realize there's going to be some little subtle things you're going to have to do. That, that was my initial takeaway when I looked at this roster. This house or this roster in this case looks like a million bucks as you're standing on the curb. Man, is it pretty? Is it in a great neighborhood? 
Uh, it's got everything. But but once you get in there and, and you start digging around, you're like, that's not bad. But that one guest bathroom could could, could use a, a remodel. Or <laughs> you know what? The basement's half finished, but we've really got to finish out the other half. It's like it's 90, 95 percent the perfect home. But there are some things that need to be done. And and that's kind of how I, I look at this roster. It's a great neighborhood, a great league with great GMs, um, great players on the roster. But a couple of things. So your quarterbacks, you have two, uh, I think most of our listeners have heard of, uh, Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray. I will mention your third, which is the only third quarterback on your league, or excuse me, on your roster mm-hmm. is Ryan Fitzmagic. H- how does a GM wind up with both Kyler Murray and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, absolutely. So in the initial startup draft, Deshaun Watson was actually one of the quarterbacks that I drafted. And prior to all of this going down over the past couple of weeks, couple of months, out of the blue, unsolicited trade offer came through Deshaun Watson and a 2022 third for Kyler Murray Smash accept. Didn't even think twice about it. I have Kyler Murray prior to all this with Watson ranked a little bit higher in my personal rankings uh, above Watson. And with the thought that he, there's a lot of uncertainty where he was going to play. And then all of a sudden all these allegations came out. It seemed like an asset that could be movable. And Kyler Murray, the upside that he showed last year definitely gave me a lot of confidence but landing Mahomes, now that was the, the coup of all coups. That was quite a trade. Looking back, I traded a combination of, I think, Cam Newton, Nick Foles. And now this was a couple of years ago. DJ Moore, I believe, a pick that turned into DK Metcalf and another spare part for Mahomes and Robert Woods. So that is how I was able to get both of those linchpins. And looking back, that that trade looks just disastrous on the other owner. But that's sometimes how Dynasty goes. So was this the uh, was this the year that Patrick Mahomes was ascending? So you said a couple of years ago, and you said DJ Moore, which two years ago he would have been super hot. So that would have been the twenty eight. Yeah, it, it feels like if you got that done early in the season, just before, because because you would never get that done. And, and and by the way, it's not like you totally. Uh, you know, shafted this guy. I heard DJ Moore, the pick that turned into DK Metcalf. I mean, in my personal rankings, those are two guys in the top 12 at the wide receiver position for a startup. So I clearly like those guys. There was a couple other pieces in there. So I, yeah. it, it's, it sounds a lot more egregious today than it was at the time. Mm-hmm. But to move a Cam Newton in 2018, two years ago, this was you know, pre-COVID Cam, this was Cam on Carolina going into a bounce back year. Uh, Nick Foles at the time was a starter mm-hmm. and a, D, a young up and coming wide receiver in DJ Moore and what would have been a first because that turned into, it's, it's not as bad as it sounds now. Now it feels mm-hmm. like you pick, you, you pick their pocket, but mm-hmm. in all actuality, you didn't. Now, now, how do you feel? Because I'm, I'm starting to, um, I don't always go upstream. Sometimes I know it feels like me personally, I go against the grain because, you know, people think I might be a bit of an asshole, but I'm just, I'm just trying to think on the other end of it. How, how do you feel about 39 year old Ryan Fitzmagic just in general, not just as your QB three, but in general, mm-hmm. I think he's got a lot of firepower to work with this year, but Fitzmagic can turn into Fitz tragic at any point in time. And it it makes me very uneasy to have him as my QB3, 
but I will certainly have to scramble if anything were to happen to either of my linchpin quarterbacks, because frankly, I'm rather thin at quarterback at this time, but I certainly think he's capable of having, you know, QB one weeks interspersed, but this league has four point passing touchdowns as opposed to some of my other leagues with six point passing touchdowns. So I'm not sure the, the major ceiling is there. But he can certainly be a useful fill-in for bye weeks and, and injuries if they do occur. Uh, I, I don't recall their exact schedule off the top of my head, but unless for some unfortunate reason you you were to have uh, Patrick Mahomes and Kyler on bye at the exact same time, Ryan Fitzmagic has exactly two games where we need him. Two games, unless he happens to have the same bye as one of the other two. So, yeah, it's not like uh, Ryan Fitzmagic's going to be a regular in this roster. So, so, I mean, obviously extremely top heavy, but that's okay. Um, I don't, you know, in some cases, I don't even mind having a no QB three of any real relevance. I mean, I've got some, some lead, but, but if I do, I don't want one of the guys to be super mobile, you know, Kyler is super, but the one thing about Kyler with being mobile is it feels like that dude never takes a hit. Um, he kind of has some of that Russell Wilson to him. He had a little bit of a shoulder injury last year, so that kind mm-hmm. of co- contradicts that. But love those two guys. I was pulling up my own personal rankings. I just updated those today. We're recording this on Thursday evening, and I just updated my personal rankings. Now, I have Kyler uh, as my QB6, and uh, uh, excuse me, Patrick Mahomes is my QB1. So you are certainly rolling deep and some really, really good quarterbacks in this position. Um, It's your running back group that's got me. How many starters do you all have in this league? So it's two running backs, and then we have uh, two flex spots, and then, of course, a super flex. And and three wide receivers. So two running backs, three three wide receivers, one tight end, and then two flex and a super flex. So that's Mm -hmm. one, three, six, seven. So ten total spots. This is my my ideal and favorite – starting requirement, scoring format, minus the tight end premium. Okay, so I can certainly get behind that. Now, now running back, you've got a couple of guys, uh, I think you've heard of them, Austin Eckler, Miles Sanders. Looks like you in your rookie draft took Travis Etienne. Mm-hmm. And you've also got Raheem Mostert, whose value got a little bit of a bump, just a little bit of a bump with the injury to Jeff Wilson. Uh, you got Jamal Williams, who I probably like a little bit more than anybody else. I think he's a guy that you will probably wind up being able to start as an emergency flex. Like in the league I just mentioned where I'm in a 12, a 12 GM league, uh, there will be weeks where I will have to probably play him. Another guy that I like, Tariq Cohen, coming back from the ACL. And that's really it for your for your running back group. A little thin, but so, some solid studs there. Uh, I want to get your opinion on two guys. Um, I think – I think me and you would probably be in agreement that we both think Austin Eckler's awesome. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to have an awesome 2021. So I don't have a lot to discuss on him. I want to get your uh, opinion first on Travis Etienne. Was Travis Etienne uh, the the second running back off of the board? Was Travis Etienne an easy decision for you over like a Javante Williams or maybe even Najee? I don't know what order you took them. So Harris was the first running back off the board, and it was really a conundrum between 
ETN as well as Javante Williams. And uh, I know that James Robinson is still in Jacksonville to kind of muddy the waters a little bit, but I, I try to look at what is the absolute ceiling that I can get out of these players. And looking at my running backs right now and looking at the two to three year window ahead of me, I want someone who can hit that high ceiling. And I think both Javante and ETN are certainly capable of that, but I feel like I need a little bit more punch. And if he's at all used up to his supposed Alvin Kamara 2.0 like pedigree, then I, I could be sitting very pretty having him in, in a flex spot on a weekly basis. And but but both of them, it was not an easy decision to make. I have to say. Okay, well I, I'm I'm in agreement now. I personally I've had this situation come up a few times. And I've traded into some positions where I could draft, and both ETN and Javante Williams were on the board. And in all but one case, I took Travis ETN. I took Javante Williams once because I wanted to have at least one share. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a, a little small hedge. I do believe in Javante Williams. I think what we saw at the end of 2020 with Melvin Gordon could be um, what we get out of Javante Williams at the end of this season. I've actually already personally dubbed him my 2021 league winner. You know, the same way Miles Sanders, guy you have two two years ago, uh, the way Jonathan Taylor did last year, I think with a stodgy old ball coach and Vic Fangio as the head coach and uh, Pat Shermer as the OC, he's going to have to firmly unseat the veteran that is Melvin Gordon. But I think once he does, he's going to be very helpful. So for those of you that are playing Dynasty or – um, or also a redraft player, or you're playing best balls, if you can get some Javante Williams on your roster, I like it. Okay, but good. I'm an ETN guy, too. I like ETN quite a bit. And um, Miles Sanders. How do you feel about Miles Sanders and his role in the offense between uh, quarterback change, head coaching change? They brought in Carrion Johnson. They brought back Jordan Howard. Um, it feels like they would bring in the Easter Bunny if they if they thought they could give him five or six touches a game. Boston Scott Scott's still there. They drafted Kenneth Gainwell. How are you feeling currently as a Miles Sanders GM? I feel very uneasy to an extent because I know that the offensive line is going to be a little bit healthier this year. So that is one pro. You know, having Devonta Smith there to kind of take the top off the defense will hopefully to less stacked boxes at times. Uh, If Dallas Goddard is able to rise to his sky-high potential, hopefully that can open up things a little bit. But the backfield has gotten a little bit more crowded, and it's uh, almost like a hodgepodge of running backs that they have at this time. And that does give me a little bit of pause. So he's an asset that it's probably nice to have as your RB2, but he leaves you maybe wanting more. But the way he finished the year with Hertz at the helm did make me feel a little bit better about his prospects. So he's an asset that I am open to moving, maybe not actively trying to do so. But I know it's something that we're going to be talking about a, a little bit later. So I think he's got potential. I mean, I would love to see a high-end RB2 slash low-end RB1 season out of him. But with the running backs across the league becoming stronger and stronger, he may not be able to squeeze in the top 12, but you know, maybe upper teens is certainly possible. All right. Well, we're, we're in agreement. I call this the uh, Josh Jacobs corollary. Josh Jacobs, Josh Jacobs last year, people soured on him very quickly. um, When they brought in uh, Devontae Booker last year, now they brought in Kenyon Drake. 
But the stats that I continue to use, and, and I know they're broad stats, but he only played 57% of the total snaps for the Raiders on offense, and he only got like 58% of the carries. That's all I need out of Miles Sanders. If, if you want to sprinkle some carries on guys like Jordan Howard and Carrion Johnson, I'm cool with that. I am totally cool with that. But I really am hoping that he can get that 50, 55%, you know, snap share and carry share because that, that's plenty. That's plenty for a guy with a lineup like this. Um, of course, we would all love to have the, the super high top end Christian McCaffrey's and Jonathan Taylor's and Saquon Barkley's. But at one time before a lot of this went down, I had Miles Sanders as high as my RB4 at one time this offseason with Jalen Hurts there. Now, that that's going to get redone. Uh, if you want to see all of my rankings of, of players for Dynasty, go to patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. On Thursday the 27th, I posted my most recent June edition of the quarterback and tight end rankings. Tomorrow on Friday the 28th, I'll do running backs and wide receivers. But that's how high I had him at one time around March before the, the rookie draft. And I believe in the talent. It's the same thing with DeAndre Swift, who at one time I had ranked as high as fifth overall as the running back. It's not them. It's that I don't trust their head coach. I don't trust their front office. You know, a couple of months ago, we were calling Howie Roseman an idiot because of the way he handled the Carson Wentz situation, the way he handled the Doug Peterson situation. But the minute he's handling our precious Miles Sanders, all of a sudden he's a genius. He's got this. We're just going to roll with blind faith and trust him. I, I can't do that. I have to look at the entire situation and, and take some uh, take some stock in that. But let's jump into your wide receivers, and then we'll talk through a couple of moves because I don't think there's a lot for you to do. I think you came on just so you can brag about this really good roster, but that's fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to hang out with you. Uh, wide receivers, you've got Tyreek Hill. You've got one of my personal favorites and a guy that I still don't think is getting enough credit, and that's Deontay Johnson. I love Deontay Johnson. A hundred and I think it was 160 uh, targets last year or 150. He averaged like 10.1 targets a game last year. It was filthy. Uh, his teammate, Juju Smith-Schuster. I'll go ahead and throw your tight end in there. You do have Mr. Travis Kelsey. I also forgot forgot to mention as your running back group, Mr. Quads himself, Mr. Move Over AJ Dillon, Mr. Mike <laughs> Davis. You know, for for a contending roster like this, he's a nice bridge. He's a nice uh, guy to lean on. Also at the wide receiver position, you have Marvin Jones, a guy whose production in your lineup week to week is going to mean more than his dynasty trade value. Same with Nelson Aguilar. Um, then you have a bunch of um, Jag hopeful types, you know, <laughs> Byron Pringle, Preston Williams, Scotty Miller. Now, you do have Brian Edwards. I'm very hopeful. Um, Quintez Cephas. And then at tight end, you have Gusecki, Parnum, and uh, a guy that I really love, and I highly encourage anyone, especially those in tight end premium, I highly encourage all you Dynasty gamers to go out and kick tires on uh, – Harrison Bryant or Hunter Bryant. I got I got to double check because there's a Harrison and there's a Hunter. One plays for the Lions. That's Harrison Bryant. Harrison, yes. the one the the guy whose last name is Bryant and is a Cleveland Brown. I want him. <laughs> uh, I kind of felt about him the way that I felt about Adam Troutman this time last year. I feel about him the way that a lot of people are talking about Pat Fryermuth, and I know people are going to go, but. 
But Memphis, Memphis, isn't Austin Hooper there? Isn't he like a top five paid tight end? Yes, he is. Until next year when they have to pay a man named Baker Mayfield mm-hmm. and Denzel Ward. And this is the, and I'm going to experience this in a not too distant future as a Colts fan. When you hit on draft picks like Quentin Nelson and like Darius Leonard, and like the Browns have, they just paid Miles Garrett. They're going to have to figure out what they're going to do with Baker Mayfield. This is the ugly underbelly of even a going up salary cap is that there's going to be veteran collateral damage. I think next offseason, that collateral damage is going to be Austin Hooper and Bryant is going to slide into that role in a very tight end friendly offense with Baker, who's been a very friendly tight end quarterback in his career. So he's a guy I love that you have him. That uh, that that you have stashed. Let's talk about your your group, man. Um, obviously, you're heavy at the top. I, I really think for a contender like this, you could use a third stud. Um, you could really use a breakout because uh, I like the Pittsburgh offense. I don't know. I like it starting Juju and Deontay Johnson like it. So what? Especially in this format, because you have to start three. What are your thoughts around the wide receiver group? So I, I do feel a little uneasy about it, which is why I've been contemplating some of the moves that I shared with you that a couple other owners approached me on. I, I certainly feel, you know, confident in Tyreek Hill's ability, you know, no bias there as a Chiefs fan. And Deontay certainly has the target volume. I, I see Juju as a bit of a fading, if not plateauing asset. So if he's my wide receiver three, I suppose that's good, but I, I can't say I feel fantastic about it. So I think looking for more punch, especially with this being full PPR. Uh, I think looking at somebody who can be a breakout star this year and add some more punch to the lineup, I think would be very fortuitous to do. And those are some of the moves that I'm thinking of contemplating. All right, we're getting ready to jump into this. Um, What with your quarterback group? Here's the thing. Much like I mentioned earlier with all the curb appeal this roster has, this is the kind of roster like right now in May, soon to be June, I'm not making major mega moves. I'm just mm-hmm. not. I'm, I'm going to lay out. I'm going to chill a little bit, and I'm going to kind of see what happens. Um, now, kind, kind of the pieces that you have, you do have all of your future draft picks, save a 2022 third. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, like, again, you have, your, you have depth at tight end. You're good at quarterback. You're very serviceable, especially with Mike Williams and the role that I think he's going to play in 2021. The The only issue I have with this roster is that for 2021, you could certainly win this league. I mean, Deontay, I mean, you you have a top five wide receiver, a top five tight end. In my case, the tight end two in a dynasty and the tight end one for 2021. Two top six quarterbacks. I mean, you got it all. What you don't have is a lot of depth. Mm-hmm. So, so things I would be doing with this roster, and I'll just tell you a couple of my thoughts because I, I don't want to act like I shortchanged your build or looking over it, but I, I'm really impressed with your roster. Uh, one thing I'm doing is I'm, I'm really watching camp, and this is one of my best Memphis off-season hacks. Create, and, and I, had, I told someone this, and they said, it sounds like a lot of work. Well, well, you, you know what's not a lot of work? Losing. You can lose and not do anything. It's really easy. But something mm-hmm. that's a little bit of a work is create a second Instagram account or like a third because I've got um, the Dynasty Wars only. And all you need to follow on that, that that extra Instagram account is just follow all 32 NFL teams. 
because the story feature at the top is amazing for camp video. It is absolutely amazing. I love it. Um, you get the actual posts and then the really good ones like the Carolina Panthers are a really good one uh, about posting. And you just want to see who's vibing. Man, who, who's vibing with quarterbacks? Is, is, is Brian Edwards looking good? Um, is Mike Gusecki looking good? You know, he's a guy that I would look to move. Uh, I've got him just outside my top 12 tight ends in a dynasty startup. But can't I package Mike Gusecki in a second and get, and get an extra wide receiver? You know, knowing that I've only got to play an, uh, another tight end, hopefully, no injuries, but hopefully I've only got to play him once. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm laying back. I, I'm looking at some wide receivers. Um, you know, people are soured on Adam Thielen. He's 31 years old. Uh, I don't know. I don't know that you could get him for a fourth, but, um, a guy like T.Y. Hilton, a guy like Jarvis Landry, um, not sexy names, but guys that, again, if they stay healthy, they're going to put fantasy points in your life. And that's what this, that's what this roster needs. In my opinion, this roster needs two things. It needs a third wide receiver because the beauty of it is, is you're just playing Tyreek and you're just playing Deontay every single week. Mm-hmm. Your starters are your starters are your starters, and it's great. But that third that third wide receiver, it'd be nice to say, oh, hey, this is a Marvin Jones week. Marvin Jones gives me upside to win a game. Oh, hey, this is a Brian Edwards week or you trade for somebody. This is a T.Y. Hilton week. He's playing Houston because T.Y. Hilton always beats the brakes off of Houston. You know, that's the, that's the kind of piece that I would be looking to make because I tend to zig where others zag. Like some of the cheaper pieces you're not going to get, you're not going to get a, well, you've already got Brian Edwards, but you're not going to get a Paris Campbell. You're not going to get a a Darnell Mooney. You're not going to get a Van Jefferson. You're not going to get some of these younger guys. That's Mm -hmm. where the dynasty content creators and mouthpieces are steering dynasty owners. So we got a zig where they're zagging, and they're all taking a big old dump on T.Y. and some of these guys. But I think T.Y. with Carson Wentz in that offense, I can argue he's still the one. So so those are, are, are some of the, the, the small, subtle moves uh, that I would make. What, what are some of the bigger moves that you were contemplating? Yeah, absolutely. So one of them was uh, last week, and the other one was actually uh, last night. So... Miles Sanders has caught the eye of a few owners in my league, and one of them approached me with an interesting package of Miles Sanders for their Chase Edmonds plus Adam Thielen. And then last night, another offer, which is actually on the table at okay, this time. I'm, I'm sorry, one, one more time on that first one because I got stuck on Adam Thielen. Oh, yeah. It's, um, it's going to be Adam Thielen plus Chase Edmonds for my Miles Sanders. Okay, and then the next one? is going to be Miles Sanders plus Quintez Cephas for Brandon Ayuk plus a 2022 third, which is actually my pick that another owner has. You know, with, with running back scarcity, I, I am not making either of those moves. I was yeah. listening to, I think it was Matt Harmon on a podcast, and he was breaking down some metrics about Brandon Ayuk when Debo was in the lineup, no, which is not a lot, but when Debo's in the lineup versus when Debo's not. I like Brandon Ayuk. I really do. 
But my concern with Brandon Ayuk is, is I really want to see what this offense looks like before I make that kind of an investment in it. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing, even though it was only a four-game sample size with Miles Sanders, it was a four-game sample size. I want mm-hmm. to see, hell, give me a four-game sample size with Trey Lance under center, George Kittle healthy, Debo healthy, and Brandon Ayuk healthy. Then let me see how the offense transgresses. You know, San Francisco is one of the teams, like I said, we're recording this in case you're listening to this later in the summer at a different time. Um, Julio Jones has not been traded yet. And a name that's been linked to Julio Jones uh, of a team is the 49ers. Mm-hmm. So so I am not worried about, I mean, gee, many Christmas. I don't think Philadelphia could bring any more running backs. <laughs> so, so we kind of know the competition there. So, that one's out, and I just I don't think you're you're getting enough in return. Okay. Like I said, um, Miles Sanders has he he won leagues. I, I can tell you, he personally won me the inaugural trade attic seven league, um, just based on that that final stretch of games. Uh, is he going to take a hit in the PPR department? Yes, he is. Is he going to make up for a large part of that with some touchdown upside and some uh, some longer runs because he is a, a big play running back? Yes, he will. So he may not eclipse what he did two years ago, but I I think um, that's still within his range of outcomes from a point per game basis. Uh, th- those are names that like I said I I would I would lay out on. Um, the one thing I, I would I don't want to say I suggest, but one thing that crossed my mind, um, although I just did the exact opposite of what I'm getting ready to tell you, I would consider mm-hmm. I would consider maybe moving Kyler Murray. Um, because, and that's because you have Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. You know Patrick Mahomes isn't going anywhere. Uh, we saw what happened if, if Kyler gets even slightly in the, the most case dinged. Um, you know, can we can we move down a tier? Can, can we move down a, a, a tier to a, um, a Matt Stafford? Because, again, your goal – because you're not going to have this league forever. you got to think about this league a little bit differently mm-hmm. than, than you would your your typical dynasty where you're going to have these guys forever. You know, you, you can look at a, hey, Matt Stafford is 33 years old. But, uh, by the way, if you're looking for a reference, um, Peter Schrager and Sean McVay have a podcast, and they were talking on this podcast about how – Matt Stafford's going to throw the ball all over the yard and four wide receiver sets. I'm very bullish on Matt Stafford. So can we get Matt Stafford? Can we get a couple of extra first? Can we get Matt Stafford and a a wide receiver like a Michael Thomas? I don't I don't know what all the rosters look like. Mm-hmm. Can, can can we get a a Terry McLaren and a Matt Stafford and a pick for a top five? Some some, some GMs may make that move and. The difference in a points per game between Matt Stafford and Kyler Murray this year, it could be two, three, four points a game, which is huge in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. But when you think about the points that you're going to add to your roster when you plug in, again, this is all theoretical, the points per game you're going to get with a Terry McLaren over having to play Juju as your three. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have some extra draft capital. And when you're sitting on that extra draft capital, and you know, and, and you come up on the trade deadline, and you know you're in contention at that point. Mm-hmm. Then you could potentially pull, um, pull the trigger. Hey, I'll give you a first and a second for the the, the piece de resistance. Maybe one of your Miles Sanders or running backs get injured. Maybe you can take an injured guy who had been playing well that we see promise with in the future, and you can package that together with some picks to a non contender because. 
you know, and it may be tougher to trade in these leagues because these these GMs are thinking about, well, man, if I hook up Robbie, man, and he wins this thing, he's going to be a few wins from shutting this mug down. So, mm-hmm. but that's how I would think about it. In a traditional dynasty, you may never want to break up. I just did this. I, like I said, I traded in a league. I did it with Jerry, my co-host on the Dynasty Warzone. I traded Jerry. Carson Wentz, who's like family to me. I'm a Colts fan. I'm, a big, I'm still a big Wentz believer. I traded him Wentz and Najee for Trevor Lawrence and a third. Ooh. And I was able to stack Trevor Lawrence with Justin Herbert. Now, this is a very expensive, um, long-standing league that I don't feel like it's going to collapse anytime mm-hmm. soon. And my third quarterback is my the other love of my life, Sam Darnold. So, But every week, I'll be starting T-Law and I'll be starting – Justin Herbert and like we're talking a 21 year old and a 22 year old or something like that. So mm-hmm. that's a little bit different because of the rules of this league and the fact that you've got 20 some odd points and you're fourth in points. And if you have a good year, you could potentially be the one who wins this league. So um, that's the only reason why I brought up bringing Kyler. Is that something that would uh, would be within the realm of possibility for you? Yeah, I think Kyler is definitely a hot property. He's been, he was, I know, I just traded for him a couple of weeks ago uh, with Watson. So I think I put him on the block. I think everyone will be sending in an offer. So to upgrade at wide receiver would definitely be very fortuitous. You know, as you said, an upgrade on Juju, but also maybe even an upgrade at running back, you know, because that, that can add that long-term punch. You know, maybe if I can get an Akers or – you know, and a JT, not that I'm, you know, dreaming here, but it's, it could be in the conversation and that can give me that long-term stability to sustain that championship window. Yeah. Th- th- that's what I'm looking for because um, based on, again, and, and that's what's so important. If you're listening all the way to the end of this podcast, that's what's so important is you have, and I'm going to couple this with, with last Wednesday's show if you didn't listen. By the way, congratulations. You did a great job following up a legend in the dynasty space and Mr. Ryan McDowell. You've done, you've done fantastic. But that was one of Ryan's notes for newer dynasty gamers is you have to understand the scoring and the rules of your league and, and, and how to work your plan around that. And, and that's what we're doing right now. So I, I, I think that's incredibly sharp. Because, again, this is Dynasty Reddit. You have to know your competition. And these guys, uh, I'm sure they understand the stakes at hand, but they also will still make decisions based off old school, traditional Dynasty moves. Mm-hmm. And you, you, can, you can maybe do that. Because at this point, what you need as the guy who's in fourth place in points is you just need points. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think there's this incredible distaste in the dynasty content creator space of winning ugly, that you have to have this young, sleek, sexy roster. You got to have all year one, two, and three guys. Uh, we don't want anyone over 27 at the wide receiver position, no one over 25 at the running back position, and don't even think about being a 30-year-old quarterback because you, sir, are over the hill. That, that I I I I want to you know I want to get down and I want to win a fist fight I want to mm-hmm. get nasty I want to get dirty that's why I love you know getting value guys like Cooper Cup um, like Mike Davis I think Mike Davis is a great name right now in this roster because this is how you'll win so that's what I got for you man what do you have for me you got a question or two before we take this one in for a landing. Yeah, I think that's been uh, given me a lot of great insight as far as how I, I should navigate that. And I think looking forward, 
how, how, what is the best strategy for my first round pick next year? Should I kind of keep that in my back pocket until the trade deadline? And then, like you said, pull the trigger on a major upgrade or maybe if I need to buy injury replacement, how do you strategize that given that I'm a prime contender? Well, I, I, I will, I will share a couple of things. One, I just shared this on Wednesday's show, but I'm, I'm anti making the big move in May um, because you, n- you never know what's going to happen in injury. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the time to move Kyler is around camp. You know, let everybody get out of camp and then let the chips fall where they may. If someone gets injured in the week one, you know, shit happens. That, 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 that's the thing of life. So there's that about not making big moves in May. Mm-hmm. And then with your first round pick, it's about drafting. In this particular league, now, you don't always draft for need. Mm-hmm. You know, people always tell you draft best player available. That's great. That's great in a traditional dynasty. This clearly is not. Mm-hmm. So I think you did a great job drafting Travis Etienne. That was a need on this mm-hmm. roster. You, you could have told yourself, I needed a third quarterback. I needed Mac Jones or I needed mm-hmm. Zach Wilson or whatever. But you didn't need that. You needed running back help. I, I think in this case, I would lean toward a need. So you're going into the rookie draft next year and you clearly need wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Go get one. You know, if, if you reach out to some Debbie guys, reach out to Nick Whalen, reach out to our buddy Kane Fassell, reach out to uh, Travis May, you know, um, who are the big wide receivers next year? I know next year is going to be a pretty decent running back class. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to move my first, which is something I've really tried to get away from uh, over the last few years, they're just, they never go down in value. They mm-hmm. never go down in value. They they're, they're kind of the opposite of a Dairy Queen franchise. They dip down a little bit in the wintertime, but they go right back up in the summer, and that's actually just the exact same as rookie picks. They dip in season because people are making moves and trying to do stuff, but their value goes right back up as rookie season kicks off. So they And because of shows like the Dynasty Warzone and DLF Football and Locked On Dynasty, you know our hit rate as Dynasty gamers has gone up over the last so, – so, I'm going to hold on to my first, and it's kind of like a, in case of emergency, break glass. If I'm in a situation where, what when's the trade deadline in this league? So I think it's, well, now that the league is, the, is a, one week longer, it may be around week 12, 13 or so. I was going to say, m- most of my leagues that have a trade deadline, it's typically, it has been in the past, around uh, Thanksgiving, the week, mm-hmm. whatever that is, week 12, 13 sounds very, very close. Um, in the goat leagues with my buddy JD over at the goat district, uh, our rule is, is that trades shut down on Thursday night of the first round of the playoffs. So you can literally trade all the way up into that first, but, but once the playoff starts, he takes the trades from automatic, uh, approval. Whereas if me and you made a trade, it just goes through, Mm -hmm. he changes it to commissioner approval. Mm -hmm. So if you and I are in the playoffs or you're in and I'm not, we can't make a trade. Okay, but if I'm out and you're out, we can make a trade, and he'll push it through right there on the spot. Mm-hmm. You can make a trade with someone in the playoffs, but he's not going to push it through until after both owners are eliminated from the playoffs. So it keeps the action going. There are some things, but to uh, not make a long-winded answer, yes, I would only move my first if I needed to, and, and I'm going to make it at the very last minute because you don't want to trade your first for a guy in week 13. And have him get hurt in week fourteen, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm not going to make this move in week six. Um, 
it's one of those ones uh, I'm going to move a first in season as opposed to out of season. As a matter of fact, that's the kind of thing I would be looking at to try to pick up some additional first now because they're cheaper now because mm-hmm. everybody's gotten their fill of rookie magic and they're going to move on. So those are some things I would consider. Obviously, you and I are going to chat in the, the patron and in the DMs. That seems to be you and I's uh, preferred method of conversation. But uh, what else you got, man? I'm getting ready to get you out of here. Yeah, I think that that was definitely some good feedback there. And just focusing on the Steelers wide receivers I have, looking forward, what kind of projections do you see for them? Do you see Juju leaving town? Well, I know we expected that was going to happen this past offseason, and, well, that didn't quite happen, unfortunately. How do you foresee their trajectories? Because having them as my wide receiver two and three makes me very uneasy, just being frank with you. Well, let's go out on a high note. Um, as Deontay Johnson, um, I, I think he, just his volume alone is going to keep him in the wide receiver 10 to 15 range. If he starts mm-hmm. scoring a bunch of touchdowns, he could be even higher. Juju is who Juju is. Um, I feel like he's a Braylon Edwards on a different AFC North team. That 1,414 TDs from a year, years ago was thing of legend and lore, and it's mm-hmm. not coming back. Will Juju be useful? Sure. Do I see Juju coming back in 2022? It's possible. The salary cap number for 2022 came out. It's going up to, I believe, $208 million versus $182 million. So you're looking at about $26.5 million increase. But the Steelers are going to need to figure out their quarterback situation. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't try to bridge that thing with a Jimmy Garoppolo, a Derek Carr, um, a guy of that nature uh, for maybe a season or two. And I think Big Ben's gone, but even those guys are going to cost in the $20 million range. They need to improve the offensive line. And with, um, it's not Randy Fickner. He was the old uh, offensive. Their GM, his, the name of their GM escapes me. He's got such a good track record with drafting wide receivers. I think they would just continue to roll with Deontay Johnson, with Chase Claypool, and could quite possibly bring in a different guy. Now, if Juju balls out in 2021, that might kind of like an Aaron Rodgers scenario where that throws a monkey wrench Mm -hmm. into their overall plans. But I don't think that's the case. And I think they'll be using their draft capital and their, uh, their, their monies next year to, to fix the offensive line and they'll go cheap or young and let Juju walk. Mm Hmm. So I I think you're good there, man. But listen, I want to thank you so much for jumping on with me, sharing this roster, um, being a great communicator. Uh, You could have convinced me you were a seasoned podcast host yourself. You did a great job. Oh, thank you so much. It's been an honor, and I'd be happy to come on anytime you need me. Yeah, you know what, man? I need because because you're a good guy. You're uh, you're much more uh, organized than I am. I need you to hold me to that. We get a little bit later into July when things slow down a little bit between the first week of July and camp. I want to get you and maybe a, a member of your league on. Let's talk about these dynasty uh, empire rules. You got it. We can do that. All right, man. Well, listen. His name's Ravi. My name is Memphis. And remember, here at the Dynasty War Zone. We're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We'll see you back here real soon with more Dynasty goodness. Thanks, guys. Hey, guys. Nick Burnett here. Just wanted to kind of give some information on why I joined the Patreon, why I'm part of the Dynasty Warzone uh, team. Downloaded the Dynasty Warzone podcast. It took one day. Joined the Patreon. Reached out to Memphis about a situation with one of my rosters. 
And the kind of feedback I got was, hey, Nick, why don't you give me a call? Uh, we went down my roster and he helped me pull off a couple moves that put me ahead when I thought I was going to be in re rebuild mode this year. And that's just part of what comes with the Patreon. Uh, just tr uh, trade talks, just good interaction with guys that love fantasy football. Uh, whether it's 10 o'clock at night or 3 o'clock in the morning, there's always going to be fantasy football talk, whether it's redraft, whether it's dynasty. I joined a couple leagues with the Patreon members, and it's the same thing. Even in, even while we're drafting, we're still shooting ideas at each other. And if that sounds like something that you want to be a part of, pause the podcast now, join the Patreon, and join a, join a great fantasy football group, but more like a fantasy football family. And this segment is brought to you by ViridianGlobal.com. And that is the official apparel provider of the Dynasty Warzone merch. We have our t-shirts over there. We have our dad hats. We have our Jerry NWO themed hats. We have hoodies. We have Raglan's baseball season just kicking off. A Raglan is a baseball shirt where the body of the shirt is white and the sleeves are different colors. We've got some, some tank tops. We have our new working harder than an ugly stripper t-shirt and so much more. This is the brainchild of myself and our graphics guru, Maddie, aka at Maddie Big Chest on Twitter. We have a ton of styles and you want to head over there and check everything out. You simply go to Viridian Global. That is V-E-R-I-D-I-A-N Global, ViridianGlobal.com. Search the Dynasty Warzone store, and man, you'll see all the t-shirts, hats, accessories, everything that we have available to you from a merch standpoint. They are a great sponsor, and we recommend you check them out today. That is the group over at ViridianGlobal.com. Thanks for checking them out. 